Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> I well, might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Session. My name's Justin Crosley. I'm your host tonight. And most nights late, late, lately, yeah. so that's kind of good. Um, but we've had a lot of good shows in here, so I'm excited. Uh, like, for example, Russian River's coming out in a couple Ooh, weeks. Oh, I'm all excited about that. Haven't had them back yeah. in a little while. And this time, uh, Natalie Trelurzo will be visiting us yeah. along with Vinny. So it should make for a good interview. And tonight, uh, I'm excited about this one, too, because we've got... Speakeasy ales and lagers on the show. Whoa. And those of you who are in the know know that they they kind of went bankrupt, I think, a little yeah, while back. Yeah, they came out of the ashes. Yeah. yeah, but they got revived and they're back. And so we're going to be talking to them tonight, uh, drinking some of their beer. We've got their beer on tap here at the Hop Grenade if you ever want to come down and join the shows. Uh, you know, we put the schedule of shows on our website. Uh, Bebo keeps that up to date. Uh, so you can always choose if you want to come out and hang out with us here and have some beer. We try to get most guests' beer on tap, assuming that they distribute in, in California is kind of the deal. But most of them And do. sometimes when they don't. Yeah, sometimes right? they ship us beer. Yeah, every now and then that Not happens. That's for the general consumption, though. It'd be kind of rare. Yeah, exactly. It, it has happened before yeah, has, where they, yeah. we find we found little loopholes to get beer on, on that way, too. But, uh, yeah, come on out to the Hop, Hop Grenade if you ever want to see a show. Yeah. So lots going on tonight, uh, including uh, the absence of JP because... 
Dun, 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 dun. He had his baby. All right. Well, Taryn uh, had his baby. Taryn had his baby. Yeah. If he, did he pass out? You don't know the details. I don't have the details. I just got a message from him uh, yesterday that he wasn't going to make it into the show. Oh. You know, so I told him, well, no pay for a month, um, and you're yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you're, right. and you're grounded. Consider this a no call, no show. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I didn't get any. Warning. Not enough notice. Yeah. Uh, next time, tell Taryn to figure it out. You know. Right. It did, was early, right? I, I didn't I expected it. I like believe two week weeks or, early. Yeah, she's yeah. two weeks early. Because she, yeah, according to, well, I just, our listeners know as much as me, because the only conversations I've had have been on the air. <laughs> yeah, it's all recorded. Uh, but yeah. I thought it was right around the date of our Spring Brews yeah, like Festival. Yeah, like Sometime uh, at like 23rd, 24th. Yeah. But I guess she went into labor, I don't know, Sunday morning or late Saturday night or something? Sa- Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Um so that's exciting for them, and uh, I guess everybody is is healthy and and happy. Um, I did see a picture of the baby, but I'm I'm not ready to give my assessment about whether or not it's an ugly Wait baby. And well, yeah, and it he was, hasn't asked yet. The same color. He hasn't asked yet, and the baby was all like covered in schmeg and stuff. Like I don't know why he, I don't know why he sent me that photo, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I can't, some, I was like, well, I see some porn where people are covered in oh. stuff, but nothing that never looked good on a baby. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Alice, I believe, is her oh, name. Yeah. So he had a girl. Um, nice. You know, and the funny thing I is, he, he was well. He was in here talking about uh, how it can't be a Disney name, but Alice oh, is pretty Disney. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Alice in Wonderland is is Taryn's favorite right. Disney movie. It's, okay, it's hundred percent everything. A Disney baby. So can I just say I'll that's assume. another moment where JP is completely full of shit about the things he says he'll never <laughs> do. Like, for example, I'll never get married. What's yep. right? Example number two, I will never have a baby. (laughs) Example number three, and it just happened a week ago, we cannot name the baby after something from Disneyland. (laughs) Well, really, it just points to Taryn gets what she wants. (laughs) He could still also be just as adamant about all of those things. You're right. I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, he's not lying. He's just a victim. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just stuck. He gets to come here, say what he wants. Right. And, and then goes home and does what she wants. Well, and funnily enough, often she'll, when he's here saying what he wants, I think Taryn is like usually texts Bevo and is like, well, that's bullshit. That's <laughs> well, not, yeah. that's well, not mean, how it happens. Oftentimes she's like, yeah, no, he's stupid. That's not what's happening. <laughs> Yeah. Real time so, fact checking, huh? I mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. But I'm I'm happy for them and I'm happy everybody's healthy and a new yeah. a new chapter in one of the oh, brewing network life, uh, people's life, life right? Yeah. Event. I'm gonna me. go see her after the show. Oh, you good are? for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um yeah, like life changing for the better for him, Tacey. What oh, do you think? absolutely. Okay, oh my God, good, yeah. good. That's good. I think he's the perfect guy to have a kid. He's gonna he's gonna be a great dad and, and like I've always said, um, now he has an excuse that no one can complain about for staying at home, mm-hmm. which is really what he wants to do anyway. I predict he'll say, oh, I can do the shows for the next, you know, three years. I just have to do them from home. I'll have to call in. Right. <laughs> this whole building a studio at home thing was a long con. Oh, is that an option? Because I've thought yeah. about that so many no, times. No, not for you, B. <laughs> <I didn't think> <laughs> <so>. <laughs> not for you. We need one good-looking people uh, person in the room. One good-looking right. people. One Behind glass. Yeah. Behind glass. <laughs> not, yeah. not amongst all of us ruffians. <laughs> That's why I built you your own little cage. Uh, With a lock, which I appreciate. Which is, which is not like, to keep you. It's to protect you from us. 
So, yeah. Well, so congrats to JP. Yeah. Uh, you know, those of Absolutely. you uh, fans that he hasn't blocked on Facebook or whatever, you can go leave him a message there <laughs> and uh, give your give your well wishes to Alice yeah. and JP and Taryn. Little AP. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, Alice Petros. Which stands for annual pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, boy. There's probably going to be so many ties that we can come up with, or that JP already came up with, really. Yeah, I feel like John Mayer wrote a song about her. I don't, I don't get that one. Her body is a wonderland. I get it. Warren, that was terrible. Yeah. You're on timeout. Well, she's too young to understand what that means anyway. <laughs> Which means you're too old to make that joke. <laughs> right. Good call. Okay. Um... Uh, I was driving the bunker this weekend, you know, the old, uh, oh, oh, oh. The old BNRV. Yeah, sure. Man, he's slowly falling apart. I, 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 <laughs> Still I was, slowly? You know, <laughs> I mean, actually, it might be increasing in speed. <laughs> I was driving home, and I I was on the freeway interchange. Those of you locals here will know. It's like from 680 to Highway 4. Kind of a messy little interchange. Mm. But anyway, it's also the road's like really rough there. There's potholes and stuff. I uh, jump on Highway 4. I was almost all the way home from from my weekend trip um, and uh, hit a pothole or something. The entire side window at the dining room table exploded. Like, it just shattered Whoa. out of nowhere. So I think she's getting real old now and decrepit. <laughs> like, the windows are now too sun-beaten so the, and dry. Yeah, and the bump? The made bump the, made the... Th- yeah, because nothing man. hit it. I mean, it's not, I'm not talking about my windshield. It, it was a, a side shot. window. I wasn't going that fast because I was just making the merge onto the freeway, hit a bump, and it just exploded. Wow, the whole body must have twisted. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. You can see, if you look at the bunker, it's kind of sagging in places it shouldn't be. And, uh, different. <laughs> It's not as bomb-proof as it once was. Yeah, so... I've heard, you know, people have filed claims against the state for, for, for damages oh, and they've got awards. You okay. don't have time for that in your life. Yeah, don't try. that's well, true. Well, what does it you delegate that? Like, well, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not paid <laughs> enough to do that. <laughs> that's two people in that time. And nothing else, I think insurance should cover the window, except for whatever my deductible is. But I already looked up a new window. Okay. They're like $800. You can't just, Whoa. you don't just, it's not like a windshield where they come put it in. I have to, I have to pull out the whole frame. Yeah. Guess what you're helping me do this weekend, Barry? Uh, uh, I have to pull out the whole frame of the thing and put... Anyway. Wow. I don't know, man. So, you know, last week, the reason I bring this up is I was... I'm, I'm talking about doing this BN road trip, right, you know, right. uh, headed, yeah. head, headed up to Portland, yeah. uh, and then keep keep on going. Well, giving it a road check. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to make Didn't it, man. <laughs> yeah, Not, doesn't help the confidence bank. No, Other, and, and it's raining right now. How did you? It did it run okay and start? Well, the, yeah, it still okay. runs great. Right. Um, the right. heater seems to be going out. The propane tank might be leaking. Um, <laughs> Small fire hazard. Um, and then now Don't the you windows. The propane tanks, though, aren't they interchangeable? Aren't they just well? That's a whole project tanks? too. I think oh, I just yeah. have to replace the valve, the fill valve mm-hmm. is all I have to do. But but I'm concerned it's going to start nickel and diming me. To, you know, I got this great well, deal on it from. Our Narvies just do that from the get go. You know that you're right. But yeah. I've, I, I, there are things in my life that I'm very lucky at, and not all of them, but some of them. And uh, I've been very lucky with these sort of things. And Jamil stole it to me for uh, for a song. Um, so it's it's had its life. 
both before me and with me. I just, I don't know about this whole trip thing. Like <laughs> now I'm really concerned. Uh, so I got to figure that out. Well, at least you're sitting in the front. So when the whole body slides off the back, <laughs> you'll yeah. still be in the van. Front. You're right. Cause it's a class C. So it's totally disconnected. <laughs> right, really. yeah, right. Yeah. You'll just have a chassis driving behind you. And the chassis is what's in solid shape on the thing. <laughs> You know, uh, so I don't know what yeah, I'm going to do. And it's raining right now. Do you have some cardboard or? Well, of course, that's the other the thing. Uh, I did. I taped up the window with like a, a you know, garbage bag. Classy. Okay. Yes. Classy. Yeah. Classy black. Yeah, it's black. <laughs> I mean, it's just sitting in a lot anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had to. I, yeah. I, I got, you know, it happened five minutes from dropping the thing off at the lot. Yeah, and right. uh, so I covered it up. I, I looked into the window already. I think I, I got to replace the window. But then, I don't know, maybe I got to sell the bunker and look for something else. Uh, it's a whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. Who can afford an RV nowadays? You seen these things? Oh, yeah, Does Jamil have another RV he can show you? I know. I have to call him. <laughs> you buy something smaller he's tired of? Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, I'll keep you up to date uh, on the trip. Uh, it depends on yeah. what's going on with the RV. Uh, you know, I don't know. Leak, I, the leaking can't be stopped. Like, forget about the... Listen, even the wide open window right now probably leaks less than the rest <laughs> right. of the RV. Uh, so yeah. that's another thing. Like, uh, you know... Traveling up, you know, up and down California in the summer, not a big deal. It doesn't rain here. We're in a drought mm-hmm. perpetually. But once I, you know, once I hit about the middle of the country, yeah, rain every day, <laughs> or oh, even yeah. or forget the Pacific Northwest, even yeah, you know, right. once I yeah. get up to Portland, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Well, as long as it just leaks around you and not on you when you're laying in your bed. Well, that's another thing I'm really lucky about. It does just sort of leak into the walls. <laughs> Oh, and not and not into the RV, <laughs> right? And which me, which is why it's sort of misshapen and buckled oh, <laughs> and saggy. It's really yeah. flexible when it hits a bump. I see. Mm-hmm. And I'm just nervous because you know, like, like uh, even putting... if I do find another RV, you know, that I could uh, the BN can afford. Uh, like, what kind of shape is that thing going to be yeah, in? To be honest, <laughs> slightly more solid shape than the current bunker. That's about the best I could hope for. <laughs> right, like, I yeah. know you're being sarcastic, but that's a true statement. Yeah. That's about the best I think we could hope for. With all the windows. With all with, with, with the windows. Yeah. And it would have to be an RV, not just like a travel trailer, because you don't have anything to pull it with. Exactly. The Volkswagen's not going to pull oh, anything. Oh, please. The Volkswagen barely pulls itself. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's my side option, is I could just do the country trip in the V-Dub. There's just, a lot le- there's just a lot less showers and cleansing that happens with that, mm. which... It doesn't bother me. Well, there are rivers <laughs> yeah. and streams for that. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. And also, how often are you really showering? Right. That's what I'm saying. But by if I'm going to be out on the road doing interviews and videos and stuff, I, you know, people around me might want that. You just need to master the hooker shower. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'll keep you up to date because I want to do that trip at least to NHC. I mean, come on. It'll be yeah. a good time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of NHC, uh, you can get your tickets right now. Go to homebrewcon.org, and you can register now. It's June 28th through 30th. It's actually called HomebrewCon now, not NHC. We're just, yeah. we're, we're old dogs here. Can't learn these new tricks, but <laughs> okay. go to uh, HomebrewCon. Uh, we're going to be there. 
I am working on our anniversary party this year, as I've said on the show. Uh, I just I got to get through Spring Fest here, uh, which is also coming up. Uh, and as soon as I do that, you know, so we'll, reserve we'll the date. It'll be uh, that Wednesday before the. Or is it the you know, Saturday? You know, it might be the Saturday. Oh, fine. Uh, the last I time I talked well. to Gary, it looked like the Saturday might be a good thing because I think what we did it in Minneapolis, didn't we? It is, and it, uh, we did it one time. And they're, I think they're keeping their format now where they don't do the big grand banquet yeah. awards mm. dinner. So they just, now they do the awards kind of early afternoon. Yeah. Then you go to this kind of big party. Knockout with, party, they call it. The knockout party Is that it? has all of the beers that had been entered. Yeah, those are all available. All that made it to the second round. So yeah. presumably, you know, most of them pretty decent beers. Uh, and you get to go taste that for a couple hours. And then you're free for the evening. And so I'm pretty sure we're going to do our thing on that Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. looking uh, pregame at the uh, knockout party and then head over to the, to the BN party. Exactly. That Which was will nice be rap. small, by the way. Whatever I figure out, it's going to yeah, be small. Yeah, it'll be some venue or something. Yeah, five or 600 people max. <laughs> small. You know, that is small for us. We were doing a lot more than that. But now that's t- it's too much. Plus, you all wait too long, and then you complain, and it's, it's 500 of you are happy people. I found that. if you Of our listeners, 500 of them are always happy. <laughs> those are my people. Yeah. <laughs> so if we do that size party, it just works out great for everybody. Now you just need to figure out how to sell tickets only to them. I know. Yeah. I should, there should be a, you should have to go through a questionnaire. <laughs> it's kind of like a trick. Like you don't even know the questions, what they oh, mean. You right. know, it's like a, you know, little psyche valve. Yeah, exactly. That helps me decide if, if you are a valuable person <laughs> in my life. Cool. <laughs> He's getting old. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, though, Spring Brews Fest is coming up. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com right now and get your tickets. By the way, these announcements are brought to you by Drake's Brewing Company, a sponsor of Spring Brews Fest. They're going to bring you the festival stage where we've got two great uh, bands playing for you. Uh, go to drinkdrakes.com and check them out. And thank them for their support of the BN2, if you would, please. Uh, so, yeah, go to thebrewingnetwork.com, get your tickets. Um, Ticket sales are doing all right, so I would I'd recommend getting them early. There is a chance we could sell out. Um, it's looking pretty good, actually. So uh, go to thebrewingnetwork.com now and, and get your tickets. And there's hotels around if you're from out of the area. You know, Concord's a Concord's a place. Yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. No, it's a great place. Uh, so you can come on out and hang out with us. It's uh, what is it? March thirty first, Saturday, yeah, March thirty yeah. first. Yep. Tasty's tasting room is back in full force. Yeah. Got an email, um, semi-passive-aggressive, but it was, you know, for you it was nice. It was about Tasty Tasty Room, and it basically said, hey, we, we've been coming to Spring, you know, the, the Beer Fest for years, and we're really disappointed last year that you didn't have homebrew. Oh, sure. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, I said you didn't have homebrew. And then, and then this is where it got a little, you know, like, so it, was, like it was my fault. Like, uh, of course, not everybody knows the story, so I get it. And, and it was like, well, you know, so whether or not there will be homebrew this year is a very, it will be the deciding factor oh. <laughs> if we go. Oh. All right. So, of course, I wrote back, hey, I, too, was disappointed, and it's not my fault that the, uh, the county... Couldn't figure out how to read laws. That's right. Um, but lo and behold, this year they did figure out how to read laws. And now Tasty's Tasting Room is back. Order your tickets. Yeah. So that'll be a good time. That's brought to you by White Labs, by the way. White yeah. Labs will be bringing you Tasty's Tasting Room this year. So you might end up with some free swag in your hand. And they'll be something. hanging with us. So come out and, and yeah. talk to them. Yeah. yeah. They're going to pour their own beer. Um, and then they're going to be hanging at the Tasty's tent. Yeah. Um, so thank White Labs for bringing that to you guys this year, too. Um, okay. 
Uh, we got different shirts and stuff on sale. We got Sour Hour shirts. We got a couple new BN designs. Go check them out, and we'll keep rotating those throughout the year. Um, so update your swag there. You can support us by doing your Amazon shopping. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. You can do that uh, whether you're in the U.K. or the U.S. So there's a link for both of you. Um, and, you know, you just shop as usual, and, and it helps us out. So um, that'd be great. Also, you could subscribe and join the BN Army. It enters you into uh, the More, Do- More Beer monthly donation giveaway, which is a chance to win $100. Uh, every month they give away 100 bucks that you can spend over at More Beer. And, um, you know, we love them for that. By the way, they're the sponsor of this show and have been for... The entire time since the very first broadcast we've ever done. So that's going on 13 years. I don't know how they put up with us, but they do. Thank you. And we love them for it. And let's see here. I got to let you know something about them. And here I got my uh, bottles and caps. They're for my World Beer Cup submissions at, at More Beer. Oh, is that right? Just a couple days ago, yeah. Still using them as a professional. Exactly. Very nice. Yeah, for years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique homebrewing equipment, like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel. <clears throat> it's truly self-contained. Uh, so if you're thinking about getting into all grain brewing, you should check it out. Or up your fermentation game with the all-new Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. It has a 9-gallon capacity, a stainless steel stand, a sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom, and the best part is it'll hold up to 35 PSI. Check out these awesome innovations and more over at morebeer.com. Well, we don't have JP here, so there's no Twitter game, is there? No. Now what are the listeners going to do? Empty spot here. I don't think there's any feedback either. I didn't think about this. Wow. <laughs> I've never actually Uh-oh. missed JP before. Yeah. It's, it's always mm. been like, well, he's here, he's not here. <laughs> wow. Uh, and now I'm like, wow, there's, he does the things. He does things. I, I thought he sent you the feedback beforehand. He does. Oh. But by beforehand, I mean, let's face it, he's still a procrastinator. <laughs> oh, so okay. beforehand is like an hour before this the show. This afternoon. Okay. But, uh, Who yeah, is it? So. Yeah. Um, okay, well. I have a question about feedback. Yeah. Do does all of the feedback for every show come to that email address? Well, or do we get feedback on any other shows? So every show has its own contact form on the web page, and you can send feedback to individual shows with that. Ah. The only show that doesn't have a direct contact is this one, and that's because that one is feedback. Is feedback? Okay, that was my question. I think that's what the website says. Anyway, we should probably look. <laughs> Anyway, it's all right there. Right, You're the producer, Beba. Go over there and look. <laughs> I can't. My computer will explode or something. Okay. Let me see what we have here. I'm pretty sure I have one well, for Well, because I've heard Scott read feedback uh, on the Sour Hour, but I didn't know if that came here and then got forwarded to him. Right. So on the contact page, it actually says both. Wow, I even thought that out. It says the session-feedback. And then there's uh, one for Brew Strong, Brewing with Style, Dr. Homebrew, and the Sour Hour. And I have to add a contact page for Heads and Tails. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Our new show. I actually got an email direct about Heads and Tails. So someone must have been creeping around on the internet to find out my email. Found your beardy? Yeah. I guess it's not that secret. Beardy? (laughs) At the Brewing Network. It's not that complicated. (laughs) (laughs) That's so secret. It's like a password. Don't tell anybody. Well, the Twitter game would have been brought to you. By our friends over at craftbeer.com. Dedicated to telling the stories behind America's small and independent breweries, meet the men and women behind America's beer renaissance. Visit craftbeer.com. 
And, of course, if we were doing feedback, that would have been brought to you by the Beer Law Center, our friend John, who, by the way, told you last week was already working on a new thing for me. Oh, right. Oh, he's getting it licked. That boy's taking care of things. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. He got all of their pages pulled down already. They they weren't responding. He sent the nice email like he always does. He's a nice guy. You know, you don't have to worry about him being that. uh, I mean, listen, he'll get dirty if he has to. But you don't have to worry about him sending that, you know, full-on legalese. I'm just He's another asshole too. in the. He understands the beer industry. He's got so. all the arrows in his quiver. He's yeah. got all, he can do it all. He always takes a polite approach sure. and Put just says, uh, you know, you could often expect to hear like, hey, I think we just might have a little issue here. We should probably talk about it, you know. Um, well, he did all that with, with these people with the clothing brand that I said was all over the place. Right. And uh, oh, yeah, I let John know about it. He waited a couple days for a response and then. Uh, Go around looking for their stuff, and it's nowhere to be found. Oh. Yeah. So. Are you getting boxes sent to you yet? Well, they still haven't responded, so don't think that our boy John's going to give up there. He's going to go still try to find out where they are, how to get in contact with them, what's up with this merchandise. Um, He'll be on it still, but at least they're no longer promoting on the social medias and all that. How are they going to sell their product? Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, because of a listener, you know, we caught them before I think their their online store was even up. It's a great va- advantage to have all the listeners out there looking at love. Man, I'll tell you, I couldn't afford John if I if we didn't have all these people out there <laughs> doing it because yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. takes a lot of time to search that stuff. And oh. and luckily for me and for John, our listeners uh, take care of that for yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, virtually every trademark violation we found have come from our wonderful listeners Thank uh, who well, care great. about the brand, oh. and they go see that hop grenade and. Uh, um, it's funny. I often get a note, and they 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 usually say because they know how I get, and I'm a loose cannon, and they're just always. I'm sorry to do this to you, Justin, but I found another one. <laughs> I imagine they, they hate it and kind of like it. Yeah. They're, they're apologizing. They're apologetic. I know. I know. You, you might want to sit down for this. Yeah. Mm. And they send you links and pictures and all that. Oh yeah, they give me all the info. You just pass it on to the John. So I appreciate that, folks. Keep it up. The brand is what we have. We have that and a mascot with a beard. That's about it. So <laughs> until um, it gets burnt off. Until, yeah. Uh, so once again, go to beerlawcenter dot com and uh, check all that out because John can John can take care of you like he has taken care of us. All right. Well, like I said, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we've got Speakeasy Ales and Lagers on the program. Uh, we're going to be talking to Clay. Uh, he's the head of brewing operations there, and uh, we'll find out about a little of the history. You know, Speakeasy is one of the one of the longest oh, running yeah. craft breweries, certainly in California, but I, I think oh, yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, so we'll learn about that and so much more. Plus, we're going to get to taste the beer. If you want to call in, talk to Clay yourself. It's triple eight four zero one beer, or you can join Bevo in the chat room, the one on the homepage, thebrewingnetwork.com, Not over at live stream. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. 
Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold, 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good, and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Camp Ale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. session. 
Welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you also to White Labs, who's just released a mobile app. You can go to whitelabs.com and check it out. Whether you're a home brewer searching for your next strain or a professional putting in an order, White Labs mobile app has something for everyone. Key features include an easy-to-navigate ordering system, custom culture calculator to determine appropriate pitch rates, homebrew store locator, up-to-the-minute inventory availability, and more. Download the White Labs mobile app for iPhone or Android by searching White Labs in the App Store. And thank them while you're at it for being a supporter of the Brewing Network for all this time. They're wonderful. As promised, we've got speakeasy ales and lagers in the studio. We are joined by Clay Jordan, the Director of Brewing Operations. Welcome, Clay. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, we're. I'm glad to see you. Uh, not because I've met you, but because it means speakeasy is alive and well. Indeed. It's good to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how long have you been with speakeasy, Clay? So just about a year and a half. Okay. Got it. And if you don't mind, we, you know, we got to dive right in just to, to speakeasy in general um, because our listeners want to know. But but first of all, speakeasy was like one of the oldest craft breweries in the U.S., right? Had been around, you know, through it. Yeah, absolutely. Since 1997. 97. Um, okay. And so a lot of people kind of forget, you know, this would have, uh, we would have been 20 years um, this wow. last year. So okay. uh, definitely a long time. Yeah. So a pioneer in craft brewing, which is why I think it really struck a chord with everybody when uh, people found out that Speakeasy might not be around anymore. And so what happened there? Was there a bankruptcy or I, I don't even understand what had gone ha- what had gone down? You know what? I almost don't even understand what happened because it's a really weird situation. So there was not a bankruptcy. Okay. Uh, but they did run out of money. I see. And so uh, that's the common thread with everything. Um, but we did a, it was a weird thing called a receivership. And so Speakeasy um, never w- technically went out of business. And that was kind of unfortunate oh. because a lot of people think that Speakeasy did went out, go out of business. It technically did not. Okay. And that was the receivership part of it. So um, no bankruptcy, no, never out of business. Um, we technically didn't even stop um, producing beer. Um, we just had to go through a restructuring and essentially uh, if you get down to the brass tacks, um, the bank took this company back and then found a found a new buyer for it. Okay. So we got a new owner. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that now I understand why you don't understand it either, because the bank took it back, but there still wasn't a bankruptcy. Operations still didn't even really stop, but there is a new owner. Correct. Yeah, okay. and, and we had to shrink down to a very small um, skeleton staff. Uh, you know, w- saying we didn't technically stop brewing beer, um, we did s- s- brew a lot less beer. So, okay. you know, it did yeah. shrink down a lot, um, which is why we're building back up now. Okay. So the new owner comes in, uh, it transfers hands to that person. And now, since then, I assume you guys have just been ramping up again. Absolutely. So okay. trying to get back out um, into all the old markets that we were, you know, we had to pull out of a few key places. Um, but now we're just trying to work those um, work the magic and get the beer back out and get our relationships back up with everybody that we had before. Got it. See, and that's part of the unfortunate story from a, a business perspective, too, because, man, did Speakeasy have a lot of tap handles. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Right? Like, as a beer fan, <laughs> for as long as I've been a beer fan, you know, you go to, first of all, any good beer bar, and then really any beer bar that was carrying craft beer, and... You know, the two staples in our area that you are going to find are Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and Speakeasy. Yeah. Right? Like Big Daddy was just everywhere. Absolutely. Especially San Francisco. I mean, uh, Big Daddy was a staple. You know, it was the IPA for San Francisco for a long time. Right. It was one of my first IPAs. Um, 
And in a, in a good way, in a bad way. Because in a good way, boy, was the flavor wonderful. But in a bad way, I wasn't ready for that yet. <laughs> I, wasn't ready, I wasn't ready for the alcohol content. It, it, I'm just saying I was young, and I was one of those guys who the beer sort of caught me by surprise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, you know, one of the first West Coast. IPA, you know, yeah. hoppy, alcoholic, right, bold. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then Speakeasy really built a name on that. Like, you, you guys weren't afraid to, to have these bold beers. Because it's not like the next beer you put out, you know, was a light lager. Uh, you, then you, we get into Double Daddy and uh, you name it. Oh, man, we'll take the very first one, the Prohibition Ale. Uh, you know, it's an amber ale, but it is... Uh, dry hopped it's alcoholic it's sweet it is bold you know it's it's not yeah. your just easy drinking is that know. the beer we have here is it our, is our yes first yeah that's our first one i haven't had a prohibition in a while it smells great it is yeah it, and you know it, I, I try to tell people it's it's very unique you know people when they think of ambrails these days they think of something very light very old-fashioned you know something kind of left over from the late 80s yeah um but this is not i mean it is from you know the 90s but it's 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 like I said. It's bold. It's it's very alcoholic. It's um, it's, it's very sweet. It's hoppy. Yeah, it's dry hop, just like the double. Um, sorry, just like the Big Daddy is. So sure, it's, it's it's out there. In in your assessment, or or you guys trying to figure out maybe what what had happened before that that Speakeasy might have run out of money and how to prevent that from happening again, was looking at the beers and the recipes part of that process for you guys? Did you think you had to make some major changes? Oh, definitely, especially for me. I mean. Um, you know, taking care of the beer is my primary job, yeah. and so making sure that we're we're making the beers that people want to drink is is what we need to be doing and focusing on quality. Um, that being said, you know, the old speakeasy they didn't go under because they didn't people didn't like the beer. Okay, um, you know, we still you know prohibition and Big Dad are still our number one and two sellers. So you guys are selling some beer, absolutely, yeah. And so it's not because these went out of style; they're they're classic styles. Yeah, um, they've been around for a long time, and and that says a lot. So when we are looking at you know the new company and how we're going forward, uh, one of my big things was I didn't want to mess with any of these beers. Okay, they're 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 great the way they are, and they're going to stay that way. They've been dialed in over the years. Absolutely. What yeah, are the? They're on store shelves everywhere. I mean, oh, absolutely. Big, big footprint. Absolutely. Yeah. Bombers, yeah. draft. Um, yeah. I think you guys cans for a while too, right? Yeah, we still we're still canning. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, their demise wasn't beer; it was business. Yeah. Um, you know, they expanded, and of course, with expansion comes a bigger loan at the bank. Sure. Of course, you can't sell that much more beer that quickly. Right. So where do you get revenue? Well, you get well, you get behind on your payments. Is what happened. Okay. And pretty soon, the bank says. Uh, yeah, we got this receivership thing. Yeah, that's what you need, right? Yeah, it looks yeah, like that, it kind of happened to Magnolia too. Uh, not so different uh, for the mm-hmm. same where they no. did that big expansion, right. and then before you know it, sure. uh, just not enough revenue coming yeah, in. You see, same you time. See, these problems you see, like uh, people do an expansion, and then they, and then they find a, a merger partner. Yeah, twenty fifteen and sixteen were not super kind to the craft industry. Yeah, yeah. and and honestly, I, I you know I think there's going to be a little more of that, right, for for the next couple of years. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, well, the regional brewery with a regional number. You know, limited number of brands is because they're big and they can't make a lot of small amounts of a lot of beers or up against them the rotating tap model which is where they want to carry your beer but yeah we had your we had this beer yours like last week we won't want it for another month because we've got all these beers that are you know made by these smaller breweries right and they can make you know different different beer every week 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a regional brewery right no, it's now. It's rough. I, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's only actually there's only one reason I would want to be a large regional brewery, and that's when I come get bought out for a fat paycheck. <laughs> uh, but short of that, uh, yeah. what we, a, it, you're just up against the wall. It seems. Yeah. Because you can't go backwards, and going forward is just exponential in cost and volume, and you name it. What a tough spot yeah. to be in. When you look it's, at the big guys, you know they're uh, in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You, the bigger the, the bigger the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and you become more sensitive to uh, ingredient pricing instability too. Okay, at a regional brewery where you're just you're skimming by on the margins. I see. And some instability happens. Hops go up a little bit. Your margins get even thinner. Wow. Yeah, that's why the brewing network's just tiny. That's the only reason why, guys. <laughs> oh, it's it's okay. to keep it safe, guys. Uh, how many states do you guys distribute in? Do you know? Boy, right now, um, I want to say we are in, oh, maybe like six or seven. Okay. All right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, but, that's a pretty good distribution. Uh, yeah. What size brewery do you have? Is the, how many barrels is the brew house? So uh, the brew house is 60 barrels. It's a unique, it's a unique size. Okay. Um, we, have yeah. a, we have a 230 barrel system, basically. I see. Um, so 60 barrels total. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what I was saying. We're, we're trying to get back into the markets we were in. You know, we were in a lot of states before. I see. Um, we're getting back into those markets, but it's, it's um, you know, we're taking our time. We wanted to focus on California. Okay. We wanted to focus on San Francisco. Um, like I said, we wanted to focus on getting back in our home market. Right. You know, San Francisco, Northern California um, is our home, and that's where everybody knows and loves us. And so we want to make sure we get out there um, yeah. before we start worrying about uh, getting back into too far out. That's smart. Tell me more about Prohibition Ale here. What does the base malt look like? Or the, all the malts, rather. So uh, this is um, um, uh, really nice. So this is um, base malt, two-row, you know, as you do. Um, but then uh, your, um got your Weirman, uh Cara Munich 3, okay. and, uh, which is a pretty dark malt um, for an amber. Um, and then uh, Patagonia C90 Crystal. Okay. So, and is it Ameris Otter baseball, or is that just an American two row? Nope, American two row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, this is a this is a classic '90s beer. Yeah. So most of that color, then you get is that coming from the Patagonia or the mostly the Caramunic? The Caramunic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, what yeah. does the uh, Patagonia do? Uh, the Patagonia just gives it like a little bit of um, if you taste in that, you get like a little bit of um, sweetness, uh, yeah. caramel, chocolatey. No, the no, no, no kind of character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Malt, you know, malt, very malt. Yeah. You know, this is this very is a malt, malt forward beer. Yeah. That's what ambers are. Mm-hmm. Good ambers. Mm-hmm. A lot of ambers are just like darker colored pale ales. Yeah, this is actually a real amber. It's a real. Like you amber. say, it's the classic nineties. Yeah. Absolutely. Hoppy. And, yeah. yeah. It's what, a little more alcoholic than your classic 90s. Yeah, it's like an IPA, yeah. basically. What, what is uh, the ABV? Yeah, what is it? Uh, this is six and a half. Okay. okay. Yeah, what would, it, what would it normally be? You think in the fives somewhere? Oh, I, if I could think of some of the other uh, 90s ambers, I'd say like five, two. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. And what about hops in this? What did you guys hops use? Hops is um, your classic California Centennial Cascade. Okay. Sweet. Good sea hop amber ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is and still a great hops. beer. And is this, uh, what about yeast? Is it like Chico yeast? California just, ale. Yeah, mm-hmm. the regular White Labs Cal Ale stuff? Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. See, that I like it in beers like this, too, when you can just, you, you can pick all that stuff out. It, it is a classic style in that way. You Clean know beer. that it's sea hops. Um, you're 
pretty damn sure it's got Cal-Ale yeast. Um, and it, it it's made well to showcase all those things, I think. Yeah, definitely. Is this available in cans also? It is, yep. Yeah, so on tap, in cans. Okay. Bottles. And by the way, you can go to, and this still amazes me, this, this I think, shows me how long you guys have been around, right? Because the website is called goodbeer.com. <laughs> how the fuck did you guys get goodbeer.com? <laughs> Everybody asked that. I have no idea. That was a long time ago. Exactly, right? Yeah. It was like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure AOL was still the main internet source. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. somebody had the wherewithal to buy goodbeer.com. <laughs> Uh, it's a great website. So you can go to goodbeer.com right now, and you can uh, look more into the beers that we're talking about. All right. Now, the next beer in our lineup is, I mean, arguably the one that made you famous, right? Absolutely. Is that Big Daddy we have next? Big Daddy IPA. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, was this beer around since 90? Would you say it opened 96, 97, you said? So the um, Speakeasy opened 97. I think Prohibition actually came first. Okay. Then Big Daddy. Uh, I don't know the exact timing on those, but it would have been around, you know, probably second or third beer. Got it. Okay. So early on, in again, in the craft beer craze, and, and for a pretty big IPA at the time, again, you guys were bold in the market. Oh, yeah. This is still a great IPA. It's bringing back memories of having a bomber of it, though, in my in my dirty apartment when I was I don't know how old, <laughs> and and uh, and just feeling fantastic after one bomber of Big Daddy. It was like the way to go. A little dinner, a Big Daddy, I was done. Was, yeah, this is a good beer. Was Speakeasy a, a brew pub to start, or was it always just a packaging brewery? No, it was a packaging brewery from the very beginning. Okay, yeah. um, we have we dug up some. Uh, photos for the archives from the archives uh, for the tap room um, the other day and um, started out with a couple of 15 barrel fermenters and that sort of thing but you know didn't start out as a brew pub it was it was full on packaging and did um, it have a tasting room back then no I don't think so it was uh, uh, at the time the building was split between speakeasy and I believe a printing company okay Um, and so it was a weird little uh, you know a weird little uh, business park where it's, it's still there, it's yeah. still in the same spot, um, but we took over the entire building now. Um, but originally, there was a we shared it with a printing company, and um, you know they were just making beer, uh, kegging it, and and getting it out there. Got it. Now before you had the tap room, you did like Friday night events and stuff like that. I remember yeah. coming there and drinking beers. They would open up the brewery. The brewery yeah, absolutely. They'd uh, open up the brewery, and I think to get around um, any kind of tap room stuff, you know, at that time, uh, they'd give out you'd sell poker chips. And then your poker chips would get you a beer. Oh, yeah. And uh, they'd have live music. Um, The former owner was a big music guy, and so there was like a little stage and, um, you know, popcorn machine and that kind of stuff. And they'd just come in, grab a beer. Uh, It's Hunter's Point, um, so if you're not familiar with the the neighborhood, it's... uh, um, out of the way for yeah. San Francisco. It's true. To say the least, so. Yeah, it's like another country to San Francisco sometime. Yeah. It's a really small town, but somehow they find a place to get really exactly. far away. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like a mile square of the whole town. Right? It is. Yeah. But it's really cool. I mean, it's it's fun. It's We have a we have a great uh, neighborhood crowd. You know, we have our locals and that sort of thing. And yeah. uh, that's what's really been nice through this whole process is that uh, we had some tough times, but man, have the locals come out in droves. You know, people, oh. uh, we had so much support from all the locals. 
locals and from everyone around. You know, everybody's really happy that Speakeasy's back. That's great. Um, and and especially our local uh, drinkers there in Hunters Point. That's everybody, very cool. Everybody's just coming back to the brewery, and uh, it's like we never shut down. Yeah, you can tell on your website, too, that community is important to you guys. And, and just having been there for so long, it's cool to be that close and for the community to come back and, and come out and just say, no, 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 you, you can't go anywhere. Absolutely. We yeah. need you. And now you have a remodeled uh, tasting room, too, right? You guys just do that? Yes, we do. Uh, it's it's going to be it's similar to the vibe. So the vibe stays the same. It's still speakeasy. Uh, it's still dark. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, nice. Yep, but it's just a little more polished now. So uh, we, we put the bar back a couple of feet, so opened it up. Oh. We can fit more people. Uh, put in 17 taps. We have a long draw tap system now. Uh, put a crowler machine in. Uh, put some nice copper tables in. Just kind of polished it up, so it excellent. Uh, it's still got the same vibe you rec- you'd recognize if you came into the brewery, but uh, just a little more, a little more polished. And have people been come? How long has it been open? Uh, we opened um, the official opening was January, but we did a soft opening in December. Okay, so. people been coming out to the tasting room again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would imagine just fans like me even would come out just to go. I just had to come and say, yeah, I need to wait to get out there. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's fun getting people back in. A lot of people hadn't uh, been in a long time, and so this was kind of a nice refresh. Reminds people that we're back open, you know. Yeah, um, so it's been it's been great. Very cool. We actually have pretty good weather in Hunters Point. So uh, come, you know, we have food trucks and a big parking lot, play uh, yard games and that kind of stuff. So it's so funny the microclimates in the Bay Area that you that you actually just said we have good weather in Hunters Point, yeah. Yeah. which which is to say it's slightly different than some other part of San Francisco. Which it is might be true. a little it might be a little more inside baseball, but uh, yeah. it's, it's true we have great yeah. weather versus you know the other parts of San Francisco with the fog. It, that's so funny. Well, uh, so tell us more about uh, Big Daddy then, the, everything you can. Yeah, I mean, the, what I like to tell people is Big Daddy is classic West Coast IPA. So mm-hmm. Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, Sea Hops, um, Pale Malt. There's a little bit of Vienna just to give it a little backbone. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 the tried and true. It's the classic West Coast pale ale uh, that, you know, Sierra obviously kind of came up with. But um, we weren't too far off behind them. Yeah, I agree. Do you know who came up with all these recipes to begin with? Was it the original owner or a brewer? Uh, there, no, there are rumors. Um, I think the, the there's been a couple of brewmasters that changed hands before. Um, I think there was a couple of people who came up with some of these recipes. Okay, um, and then just um, over time, yeah, I mean, they're pretty simple recipes. Like they are, yeah, two malts, three hops, or yep, the, three malts, three hops. Sure, yeah, but you, but they're they're dialed in. So maybe they came up with them, and and still even over the years, you guys have dialed them in. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and that's the thing is. I, I actually really enjoy these simple recipes because you don't need that many ingredients to make a great beer. Agreed. Um, well, it's all in the ferment. At, it is. It, it's it's the interplay between the hops and the yeast and the yeah. malt and um, and the water, of course. But um, right. Uh, you know, you don't have to get too crazy with these beers, and yeah. especially for these you know flagship beers that have been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, they're still they're still drinkable today, and they're right. and they're still relevant. And what about your water there? Is that good old Hetch Hetchy water? Oh, yeah, San Francisco, good water. So you don't have to do much to it, right? No, we actually don't do um, hardly anything to it, actually. We just, depending on what beer we make, you know, we'll adjust some gypsum and um, calcium chloride, that kind of stuff. But. Okay, got it. They're lucky. What about, it's just a segue really quick. I don't know why we've never asked you about your Loma water. How is it out there? And It's terrible. So you have to do a bunch to your water out there. Yeah, so we actually uh, carbon filter and uh, everything, and then... 
we blend about 70% RO into 30% just carbon filtered. Wow. And so that just cuts every all the minerals and, and total dissolved solids down to a manageable level. And then you have to build it back. And then, I mean, not, so we're not building from scratch, but yeah. it kind of creates a semi-neutral base that then we can just make a little minor adjustments from the middle, right. depending on if we want, if it's a hoppy beer or a malty beer or dark beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we use... Uh, gypsum and calcium chloride for our main uh, additions. We have a little chalk for the stouts and porters. Hmm. Um, and we use uh, phosphoric acid for pH adjustment in the mash. Do you get jealous when these jokers come in and talk about their hetch hetchy water <laughs> and they don't have to do anything? Yeah, it sounds like a lot less work, which would be nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. over the years, brewers we've had on the shows, um, you know, from Magnolia and Twenty uh, First Amendment, and these guys, uh, they were just like, oh, we don't even talk water with them because they just go, yeah, we have great water, done. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's funny, especially when you talk to brewers from like Southern California um, or, uh, you know. Midwest, you know, yeah. that sort of places where they, you know, Texas is a big one. Terrible water in Texas. Really? Um, good beer in Texas. Yeah, those guys figured it out. Yeah, those guys uh, work really hard to make that, those beers. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, we're, we're at a great advantage in San Francisco. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, stick with that. Yeah, you should. Is there any seasonable variation to the Hetch Hetchy water? Or is it pretty... You know, it depends on who you ask. Uh, okay. Some guys will claim they can tell. Uh, we've done some testing over time, you know, just from my experience um, in San Francisco. Um, you can't ever tell. Some okay. people claim that, you know, oh, they're blending the water in from somewhere else this, this week or this <laughs> month or whatever, and... You can't tell. We have we haven't been able to figure out when they're when they're doing what. So got it. Okay. Do you dry hop the Big Daddy? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's always been a thing. It has. Yep. Okay. I feel like people think you know the new fangled new uh, you know crap beer drinkers <laughs> are like oh, it's dry hopping it's the new thing, but no. No, uh, the rate at which you dry hop is pretty new, okay. uh, or yeah. at least the new beers are um, really high rated dry hops. But no, this one's um, always uh, had been. Yeah, always had been. Um, Tastes great, Centennial and Cascade, like I said, um, and uh, it's good. Those good classic West Coast California, right? Yeah. Also, easy contracts for you guys. It's like you're just blending a lot of the same ingredients in in, in different ways in beers as a brewer does, um, but you're not having to go out there and contract uh, thirty different crazy different hops and. Um, not yet. <laughs> but you might. Yeah. We are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. It's true. We we have these big contracts or. Um, we use a lot of the sea hops for you know prohibition and and, and big daddy our, our flagship beers uh but one of the things that i want to do is going forward with speakeasy is that's kind of where speakeasy was lacking is we have these flagships from the 90s which are awesome and they're yeah. not going away yeah uh but we do need to remind people that we are relevant we're going to be you know coming out with experimental beers new beers that sort of thing yeah you know, Sierra Nevada did the same thing. We've talked about that on here. Every, everybody's a fan of Sierra Nevada. I don't care who you are. If you say you're not... You're lying. Yeah, and don't come to my bar uh, on top of that. But So everybody is. But we all sort of knew, like, okay, well, here's Sierra. And then for me, it, it seemed all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we just started seeing all these new beers from them. And, of course, people had said, well, if you ever went to Chico, you could. T-, they always had a ton of beers right. on the, the tasting room. But I never went to Chico. I wanted them down here. And now I feel like they've sort of done the same thing and um you know mostly just to remind people like <laughs> my theory was they wouldn't uh, we had them on the show not too long ago and they didn't co- uh, corroborate my theory i think they're still lying <laughs> uh, my theory was that they 
spent so long just keeping up with demand of pale ale and, and a few of the others, right, that they just couldn't. Um, but they denied that. They said, actually, they just didn't need to or want to, and now they are. Yeah, yeah. It, and well, you know what I, I try to remind people, too, is from the brewing standpoint, coming out with a new beer all the time is difficult yeah because we're trying to make a really good product and we're trying to do it in a good efficient way right and the public doesn't necessarily see that aspect of it no they're dicks about it even they don't care just give me that <laughs> right. new give product. me something new yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it's like you guys don't understand how many hours we put into making this uh getting coordinated making sure that we can actually do this properly and how many batches we you know put down the drain before we actually got it yeah. out to you. Yeah. Sure. I'm really glad you bring that up because we are fickle and, and not just that very demanding. We'll, we'll also be, so you will come out with these new beers cause we're asking for it and we can be very quick to shit on them. Yeah, get real sure. So it's nice for you to, to point out like, look, even, and not, not that everyone has to like them, but to point out, just because you didn't like it doesn't mean that a ton of thought didn't go into it, a ton of R&D, a ton of everything, just for it to make it to my glass. Absolutely. Think about how many times you got to fail before you you know, find the one beer that's going to succeed. Yeah. Pale 31. <laughs> oh, so sad. She's gone. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Beardy. I don't know why. <laughs> that was in my head. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's uh, we we have time for one more beer before the break. Uh, what's this next beer? So this is the Foggy IPA, and this is a uh, collaboration brew that we did uh, with the San Francisco Brewers Guild for uh, San Francisco Beer Week. Oh, cool. Yep. So we were lucky enough to host uh, the brew this year. Uh, it's a it's a style that we got from the guild. The guild kind of come up with uh, what we're going to brew. Surprise, surprise! They wanted a hazy IPA. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, we were kind of put in charge to make this beer and package it and get it out to everybody um, on behalf of the guild. Was that just real quick? Was that like an homage to Speakeasy too? To kind of be like, you guys should make this guild beer because you're the ones who have been here. Yeah, definitely. I, okay. The reason why I really wanted to do this, um, I'm, I'm, I try to be as active as I can in the guild. Um, I really wanted to take this on as we got started because we took this project. This project starts well before San Francisco Beer Week. Sure, um, it takes a long time to get this going. Sure, um, but I really wanted to take this project on because. Um, it would remind people that hey, we are back. We are, yeah. we're still here, um, and we're going to be here for a long time. So it's a lot of pressure, though. It, it is a lot of pressure, uh, but you know, I'm I'm up for the challenge. I think you succeeded. So well Thank done. You. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, tell us more about the beer. Yeah. So um, you know, we it is a collaboration beer. So we got everybody from the guild into the tap room, and uh, we poured them a bunch of our beer, and uh, we just started getting some ideas going. We know we knew the base style mm-hmm. hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we kind of decided that we wanted to do a hazy IPA, but we wanted to make sure that it was still San Francisco. Um, you know, it's a New England style. It's how everybody describes it or East Coast, right. IPA, that sort of thing. Well, you know, we were in we were making IPAs before IPAs were cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't lose sight of what's California, what's San Francisco. And so we made this hazy IPA, uh, but we did it in a west coast way so we used all those great sea hops that mm-hmm. um we, we always use that everybody still uses cascade ton of cascade um centennial chinook columbus uh even threw in a little bit of nugget in there okay mm. 
Yeah, I get more piney than juicy. Definitely. Which yeah. I really like. It's a it's nice not using change. The juice hops. That's what they. Yeah. They didn't use the yeah. mosaic. No the, mosaic. No. Okay. Uh, you know, no citra. None of those. Uh, I like it. The fir- my first sip, and I it it's a very different mm-hmm. hazy IPA than I've had. Yeah, it's it's got the haze. It's got the look. It's uh, it's got the mouth feel. Yeah, because you know, that's a big part that people sort of miss out on when they're talking about hazy IPAs. There's a mouthfeel component yeah. uh, that's very important. Um, but, you know, they always describe it as juicy, and they, you know, there's always that stone fruit character that people think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, almost everybody's making them with mosaic, and, they and, and you know, you've, you forget Cascade is a great hop, pine, yeah. citrus, yeah. you know, those, 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 those are great old flavors, school yeah. West know, Coast yeah. flavors are great. Old school, but so relevant. Where, yeah. Where's the haze coming from in this beer, then? So this is coming it's from... It's not juice. No, it's not juice. Uh, the haze is coming <laughs> from uh, ample helpings of some cereal malts. So um, uh, wheat, rye, there's even a little bit of flaked rice in here, if you'd believe it. Okay. Uh, um, so just some uh, non-fermentable, you know. Did that make for malts. a difficult mash? Was uh, all, was all that in the mash? Or? You know what the malt, the mash wasn't too bad. We okay. we kind of expected that it was going to have some troubles. So we made sure we threw some rice holes in there to, okay. to ease loudering and that sort of thing. Like insurance. The uh, the the difficult thing was the amount of hops that it takes to make this uh, beer. Oh. Um, you know we we dry hop pretty heavily, but when you're going five plus pounds per barrel dry hop. Um, wow, man, you you run into some logistical problems. <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. accounting That's, department, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Make, oh, for sure. Uh, and then the, uh, you know, we we made a really big batch. We made 120 barrels. Wow. Um, so okay. you know, most people were making hazy IPAs are still pretty small. Um, right. It, it gets into a big logistical problem when you are throwing. Wait, uh, and a pallet's worth of hops into a beer. And then did a bunch of it have to be donated because it was a guild beer on top of that? Yes. So, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. you, have you been talking to the guild? I mean, yeah. no, I just, I've been around. I know <laughs> what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen this shit before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't like to talk about that uh, aspect of the <laughs> yeah. collaboration guild. It's yeah, all yeah. rainbows and butterflies from our end. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's fine. Couldn't have gone that's any fine. better. <laughs> I'm just like, man, don't make the same mistake uh, again. My <laughs> <laughs> Sell the goddamn beer. Uh, this is I really like this beer, and I hope that uh, brewers uh, taste this and and notice that the some of the piney and earthy works great in a hazy it's IPA great. too. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah, hazy. Right? yeah we, we, we've gotten some really good responses, and, and we're really proud about how it t- how it tasted. Um, I like your theory too. You know your take on it to go well. This still has to be a West Coast beer because you're making it for Beer Week and for the. It was SF the tenth anniversary of San Francisco um, yeah. Gala. Um, the beer week, and um, you know, we we wanted to not lose sight of our of our roots. Yeah, you guys did yeah. well. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, the, Thank you. the the piney hop character helps harsh the mellow in a good way. <laughs> the yeah, of no, this beer I like the style. It was surprising, even. That's why I said that I, first sip just kind of surprised me, even. Yeah. And then I went, "All right, there we go. That's a good hazy mm-hmm. West Coast hazy beer." That's something. All right, let me get us to a break because we have more beer to try. Now we're going to get into the big beer. We haven't even done the big beer. <laughs> speakeasy on the show. Yeah. We're, now we're done with the 7% beers, so we can do the big beers. We can go to <laughs> you know, the normal speakeasy beers. Oh. This might be why I've never had speakeasy on the show before, is just for this reason. Oh, yeah. We did some TV stuff over at Speakeasy years ago. Yeah, when we were doing the BYOB TV thing, um, although I think we just ended up having an after party there. 
Like that sounds, we wrapped up the show and had a big party at Speakeasy years like speakeasy. ago. Yeah, they were very accommodating. Uh, all right, let me get us to a break. Uh, like I promised, we can get back and drink some beer. Uh, while we're on the break, you can go to greatfermentations.com. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business at using Blickman products. They have top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook. That's gr 8 fermentation uh, and Twitter and Instagram and all the things. Greatfermentations.com. All right. When we come back, more with Speakeasy. Uh, we've got Clay Jordan, Director of Brewing Operations, in here, and we've got some of their bigger beers to try next. Triple Eight Four Hundred One beer or join Bevo in the chat room. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises blickman engineering has the answer the blickman brew easy all grain brewing system the brew easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design perfect for any size brewing location at its core the brew easy is built on two gorgeous blickman boilermaker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Hi, this is Tyler from Libertine Brewing Company in the central coast of California. You're listening to Brewing Network, The Session. It sucks. Does it suck? It sucks. But that's what's good about it, is that it sucks, right? Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you want to learn more about beer, you should be interested in Brewers Publications. You know Brewers Publications. They invite you to start a new chapter in your brewing journey with nearly 50 titles in print and ebook format. Brewers Publications is the leading publisher of contemporary and relevant brewing literature for today's craft brewers, home brewers, and enthusiasts. Uh, the catalog includes works from Ken Schramm, John Palmer, our dude, Stan Hieronymus, Gordon Strong, Jamil, our other dude, and many other brewing innovators. Visit brewingpublications.com to browse their selection of beer books. All right. We are still with Speakeasy Brewing and Loggers. We're going to talk about Loggers this segment, as a matter of fact. Um, People forget sometimes that Speakeasy is the full name, right? Ales and Loggers. It's got a whole name. Don't forget about the Loggers. You know, this is one of the problems with having a great brand, actually, because... Just the word speakeasy does it. It's just a great brand. It is, it is. So yeah. nobody ever gets to the end. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. <laughs> oh, speakeasy. But you guys do produce loggers. Absolutely. Uh, give me an example of uh, what is your favorite lager that you guys produce? Well, so I'm very old-fashioned, so I really like our Popgun Pilsner. Okay. Um, it's it's a Czech-style uh, Pilsner, so it's got that nice sort of earthy um, spiciness to it, yeah. you know, that you expect from a Czech um, Pilsner. Uh, but it's a session beer, so it's 4.7%. Oh, nice! Um, so, actually, pretty typical for a you know for a good pilsner and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but sure. it's, it's session by speakeasy standards. Well, right. and see, speaking of just kind of classic styles too, like just to do it like that. I want lagers classic styles like that. Absolutely. You know, I like some of the other ones. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of Pivo Pills uh, oh, from Firestone, it? right? Mm-hmm. But that's really on the hoppy side for a pills, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and ours is hoppy too, but not in the same sense. So y- you get um, 
it's more of the spicy hoppiness that you get, rather than the aroma. You know, it's, yeah. if you smelled it, you wouldn't say, "Oh, this is dry hopped. This is this is hoppy." It's not dry hopped. It's you, you know, it, get it's, those noble spices. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I like and that. a little, in a nice little bitter, you know, bitterness on the tongue. Right. So, do you think you're going to produce new loggers for uh, Speakeasy as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's one of my sort of uh, pet projects for Speakeasy ales and loggers to remind people of the logger side of that. And um, to do you remind, have a, do you have a background in German brewing? I do. Yeah. Uh, so I was um, I went to the Siebel Academy uh, or the Siebel Institute in Chicago, and yeah. I did the master's program um, at Domans. Oh yeah, um, out in Munich. Nice. nice. So rare for the West Coast. You know, most most of the brewers out here, you know, uh, UC Davis or. Uh, um, of course, that sort of thing. So uh, you did that just to go hang out in Munich, though, didn't you? Well, it yeah. was uh, you know a nice perk. That it was, was a bonus. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a great program. Yeah. It, it, you it was might awesome. have remembered something from Newman's. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was awesome too because you know we went out and uh, it's a bunch of American brewers. You know, it's a it's an American program. Um, we we got to hang out with the German students a little bit, but you know for the most part we kind of you know not all of us spoke German. Right. So. Uh, there was that hurdle, but it was fun because everybody thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start missing these hoppy beers." The Germans don't know anything about IPAs, yeah, um, that sort of thing. And by the time we were finished, we're like, "Oh my gosh, these loggers are awesome!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Germans actually do know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about, and they take it serious. Right. So you got educated through that. Yep. And how do you think you'll apply that to Speakeasy now? Well, and that's the fun part is uh, uh, taking that what I learned and, and applying it. So. Um, like I said, I want to remind people that there is loggers out there and not just your easy drinking um, American loggers. There's right. dark loggers, there's smoked loggers, there's uh, malty loggers, there's hoppy loggers, there's all sorts of variations of loggers. Um, it's not just ales that are experimental. You know, there's right. there's all sorts of opportunities to experiment with loggers as well. They take a little longer. They take yeah. a little more effort. Yeah. But it's I think it's well worth it. I don't, you know, I think you're in a good position right now, timing-wise, because you're not just going to be reminding people. You're actually going to be encouraging, I think, what's happening. Don't you think that loggers are, I mean, mm-hmm. right now what I'm noticing is hazy IPAs. <laughs> And well, loggers, actually. A lot of no, small yeah. breweries making loggers, and that wasn't uh, happening before. Pilsners are an upcoming style. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they, they're replacing session beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a, as a four, you know, 4.5 to 5.1 right. kind of option. Well, and like you said, um, you know, you mentioned Pivo Pils. Yeah. Fantastic beer. Yeah. Uh, how many times has it won a GABF gold, you know, every brewer right. on the planet? Yeah. That's their go-to Pilsner. Yeah. You know, one of their go-to styles. Yeah. Um, People are drinking, you know, lagers on their own time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the brewers drink at the brewery. The, absolutely. That's what the brewers drink. But the um, consumers are the ones finally coming around. Is exactly. what I, is, you know, that's, I, I think as a more mature, more in, in, yeah. enlightened consumer, yeah. they realize they can drink 6.5%, 7%, 8% IPAs right. all night. they got to mix in a glass of water or a Pilsner. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody asked me the other night, too, because everybody knows, I just, every bar or brewery or whatever I go into, I just look at the menu for a pale ale, and I order, that's the first thing I order is the pale ale. And they were like, well, what else do you order? Not much. But if it's going to be something, it's going to be a lager. It's going to be a, a Pilsner or a Hellas or something else that the brewery makes is my second go-to beer. Yep. And I think uh, uh, what probably most of us do, but we might not admit, is that we will also just order the lager from the menu 
Because if they have a good logger, everything else is probably pretty good. <laughs> right. yeah, if you call. want to stay or not. It's, right? it's a litmus exactly. test. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I don't do that? Because <laughs> you want to stay? Yeah. Because you're 100% right. And I'll be like, well, I'm already here. I'm just going <laughs> to Yeah. So, But you are so right about that. And mm-hmm. it's nice that the consumer is coming around to wanting both ales and lagers. But one thing that... It, uh, I don't hear a lot of people talking about is the difficulty of being able to use the same equipment to make both, like from a brew house perspective. How do you guys do that there? Yeah, you know what? Um, you get in a lot of fights with your operations guy on how long the beer's going to take. Okay. That's how you do that. Um, we, you know, we use our same equipment. Um, we do everything we normally would. Um, we do have the benefit of having a big space, so we're not constrained by our our tank size. Um, not yet, anyway. Hopefully, we will. Yeah. yeah. But um, uh, right now, we have the space. So we can we can put some loggers in. We can give them in there for three, four, or five weeks sometimes, cool. um, depending on what we're doing. Is that what you mean by equipment differences, Beardy? Well, it's I, mostly just tank well, space? There, there is the, the tank space yeah. uh, and, and different uh, cellar design. But even in the brew house, like with step mashing or decoction mashing and, and just oh, the, the, that's true. And, and hopping. Like, so you could have a really nice logger system. But it couldn't handle an IPA if you threw an IPA recipe into it. And I see. Vice yeah. Versa. So actually, we have the ability to do step mashing, which is okay. which is really um, unique. You know, like you said, um, not many people have the ability to do step, no, step not, mashing. Not on the West Coast, anyway. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do. We do have the ability to do that, um, which is nice. We actually don't have a current step mashing process for our loggers. Okay. Um, okay. We do do those single infusions, similar to our ales. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, right now, you know, we're using premium products. We're, you know, using um, all pils- 100% Pilsner malts. Um, and so, you know, they're, the malts are pretty well modified on their own. Sure. Um, so it's it's nice to have those, you know, you buy prim- premium ingredients, you get to make premium beer. Yeah. Right. And there's a whole palette of extra malts you can add to kind of give a little more character to the beer. Yeah, definitely. Depending on which one we're making. Yeah. We just did a show in Fort Collins. I'm actually, I'm yet to post it because I, I screwed up some of the audio. But we had uh, Prost Brewing Company and Zwei Brewing Company, and we did a decoction mash versus non-decoction mash cool. taste-off. It wasn't a competition. We just wanted to taste, you know, differences. Both beers were fantastic. Mm-hmm. But they are different. They are. As a brewer, and, and especially being trained like you are, I could almost be certain that you could put the two side-by-side and taste the difference. But when I was talking to Beardy about it, he, he was asking me more questions. And I bet if they weren't side by side, I couldn't taste the difference. Like, and my palate's just not that refined. When this week, then when the I, next week? Well, exactly. I, it, you know, so um, let's see. It's Zvi Brewing out of Colorado that doesn't do the decoction. Loved their Hellas, right? Um, side by side with the Prost, it just it was different. And I bet if you gave it to me, you know, if they weren't just side by side, I'd just keep going, wow, great Hellas. Awesome Hellas. But when you, you, you could tell some of the, the subtle differences, as I'm sure the German uh, left in you would put it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you, know? you know, and it comes out, too, because everybody's, well, what your classic example of a, of a triple decoction Pilsner, yeah, uh, is Pilsner and Kell. You know that's that's the classic. That was the beer that changed everything, right? Um, and they still do that triple decoction. I know um, it's crazy. And and you buy their beer. You know it's it's really nice. You can get it in cans now, and I think it tastes a lot better um, than you know getting those green bottles all the way over the check. Yeah, bit. for sure. But um, you know you can tell just by the color. You know it's it's a little darker. Um, it's not your super light 
colored beer. Right. Um, but it's got that taste. It's got that good lager, Eastern European saws, noble character to it. Yeah, in the two Hellases that we did side by side, that actually was the main difference. We discovered it accidentally that they have a nearly identical malt bill, uh, which, as you would anyway with the style. But, but they went yeah. like the, the, even the brand, you know, the supplier. Um, but, yeah, one was just a little bit darker than the other, significantly enough to tell, mm-hmm. especially with a lager, right? And it makes um, a difference when you're doing lagers because the little, the tiniest little difference will will come out. In the well, yeah, there's no, yeah. no place to hide in those. Yeah. 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 Now, do you think you'll do? You you were mentioning that there's all kinds of loggers. So, do you, mm-hmm. are you thinking you'll do non-traditional styles, or maybe just branch out on that whole spectrum? Well, I'll let you into a you know a little bit of what we're what we're doing is uh, we're going to come out with a dark logger um, for the fall. Nice. Um, it's not going to be you know dark is kind of a naughty word when it comes to uh, loggers and 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 people drinking beer because they think heavy. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't like that right. dark yeah. beer. The, the, yeah, this you know this audience yeah. probably knows, but you know when you're talking to the to the broad audience, sure. people hear dark and they get turned off. Yeah. Um, but we're we're going to come out with a very easy drinking, not sh- quite a Schwartz beer. Yeah. It'll be a little lighter than a Schwartz beer, but a dark lager. Okay. Maybe you should um, call it evening lager. Yeah. so you don't turn people off. Well, we got to <laughs> we got to keep that speakeasy shtick going, so we got to come up with a cool gangster name for That's it. That's true. <laughs> not light lager. Not light. Lager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You do have to have a good gangster um, name so for yeah, it. So yeah, that's in the works right now. Okay. Um, you know, um, I would like to do some kind of a really dark heavy beer for um, you know, wintertime, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I do believe in seasonal beers. Cool. Um, even though, you know, the weather out here doesn't really change that much. <laughs> right. right. Well, it just depends on which little block you're on in yeah. San Francisco. It might <laughs> <Yeah>. change. Um, <laughs> and what about yeast for your lagers? Will you kind of change that up, uh, or do you stick to something? Do you have a favorite? Well, I like to stick to um, um, one strain because we, you know, as we're going to make more lagers, the great thing is um, making a lot of lagers. What's really difficult for a lot of brewers when they do make a lager if they don't make a lot of it or they don't make it consistently, you're you're buying your pitches all the time. Yeah. And so it's really nice um, to have a few different loggers. Um, we can keep that strain alive and use it in a broad variety. You know, right. we might not pitch from our dark logger to a lighter logger, but we can pitch from our Popgun Pilsner or Metropolis logger um, and keep the yeast going. And, and that gives us a much more consistent product. And, um, you know, we can we can save some money at the same time sure oh. and uh, beer's better with like bigger pitches typically right? uh, yeah absolutely. More mature it, 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 it's awesome to have a pitch that's you know three four generations in and it just rips and does its job mm-hmm. and uh everything's healthy everything's healthy everything's awesome yeah um, so you know fresh pitches take longer you know they're they're great but they take longer you know you got to kind of baby them a little bit you know what i'd like to see you guys do because especially because it goes with your brand is a pre-prohibition lager <laughs> You know, back when, like, there was an American lager that was more like a German lager uh, before we turned it into American light lager. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you could make, like, a meaty American lager out of it. It's not a bad idea. Plus, you've already got half the branding there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Add the damn (laughs) pre ahead of it. Wouldn't wouldn't Prohibition lager be more to the point? Because that's when they made their their thing. Yeah, that's true. As a speakeasy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, you guys wouldn't have been around pre-Prohibition. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They didn't exist to leave it for it. Yeah, then you have to call it time capsule lager or something. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I started sipping the Double Daddy because oh. it was because it was in front of me. So uh, tell us about this beer. So the Double Daddy is one that we actually did mess with a little bit with the new company. Okay. Uh, so um, it Double Daddy is not just a double version of Big Daddy, even though that's you know that's kind of the name and that's the the play. Um, it is a double IPA. Uh, but we kind of wanted to update it for the modern IPA drinker, so we wanted to dry it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want a whole lot of sweetness uh, going in there, um, so we took out. You know, this was a double IPA made, you know, a dozen years ago, mm-hmm. um, and so you have your sweetness to mask the the, you know, to blend out the uh, alcohol and that kind of stuff. So uh, we just kind of tried to update it a little bit. So we dried it out a lot. Um, Took out a lot of those Munich malts, you know the uh, you don't need you don't need those kind of malts in the in IPAs modern day. Um, so we wanted it dry, and then we used it, some much more different hops than the Big Daddy. Okay, so we got away from the sea hops. Um, so this one's very much El Dorado. Uh, we still use uh, Columbus for our uh, bittering hop, but it's um, El Dorado. Um, there's still some Cascade in there. Um, but El Dorado is where you're going to get a lot of the more of the flavor coming out this way. Okay. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I am so glad you changed this beer up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and look, there probably wasn't anything wrong with the other one, but it just didn't. It wasn't my thing, and it was it was too sweet. Um, I actually don't like double IPAs a whole bunch anyway. But you put a Pliny or something in front of me, and I like it because of these characteristics, because of exactly what you're Dryer, talking about. More sugar. This kind of modern, uh, you know, um, yeah, I would not have ordered a Big Daddy from you guys. But this, you really turned it around. Yeah. I'm and it, so glad you did. Good. I'm glad you like it. It was a big gamble on our part because, um, or in my, uh, on Got my fan part. Base, um, probably yeah, it had, too, it had a big fan base, especially in our tap room. Yeah, big, okay. Uh, Double Daddy was a, a major tap room favorite. People always came to the bar and got Double Daddy. Bevo, so, are you waving at me because you were a fan of Double Daddy? I actually have a picture of myself asleep on the floor of the kitchen <laughs> okay, of the house a, that we rented for my bachelorette party. Thank you, a, Double Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a different type of being uh, a fan. Can you say that to our brewery? Because we'll put that on yeah. some social media. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> the most unattractive thing in the world. But no, I was also, I used to be a really big fan of this beer, and my tastes have changed over time. But um, I, I like the new version. Yeah. I like it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Good, good. And I bet the I bet you that the fans in the tap room that you're talking about, the diehards, of course there's going to be a couple who, but I bet most of them like it too. We didn't hear too many complaints. Yeah. Not too many. It's really, this is a really high quality beer. You, good. You good, taste you. it right away. I'm so glad you mentioned all those changes because what I was going to say before you started was like, I don't remember it being this good, mostly because it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, we, we it's it's one of my favorite beers that we make, uh, and, you know, it just needed to be updated. Sure. Did you have to change, you know, how it's dry hopped or anything like that with the amounts there, or was it mostly a kind of a malt change? No, it was very malt-driven, yeah. yeah. The, okay. the dry hops um, stayed kind of the same, but, you know, you just they're much more pronounced when they're, you don't kind of hide behind that malty backbone that a lot of the old double IPAs have. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we got rid of all the Munich malt that was in this um, and um, dried it up a lot. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's some really cool hops in there. Right. That Eldorado is a good choice, too. Yeah. Yeah. I love Eldorado. What are the IBUs on this beer? This bad boy's like, um, man, it's 85, I want to say. Wow. So pretty high. Yeah. 
To me, it doesn't taste like 85. Mm-mm. No? It, it tastes, tastes more like 83, 84? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 84 and a half on a good day. Yeah. 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 No, I would say it's more balanced than hop forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I really enjoy this, but I, I would have guessed... Maybe seventy, somewhere around there. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, the interplay between the sweetness, you know, the old sweetness. People, you use sweetness to mark to mask some of the alcohol, some of the bitterness, that sort of thing. But you wanted to get that hop character coming through. Um, you know, this one's more. We focus more on the dry hopping, so you get more aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, we got rid of all those caramel malts and the Munich malts, so it's very dry and it's very simple. Um, but. It, you know, it's mellow. It's 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 still got some alcohol to it, yep. but nothing oh, yeah. in your face. What is the ABV? ABV is eight and a half. Okay, I think you even get a little alcohol sweetness out of that too, mm-hmm. which is helping to balance it. Yeah, uh, rather than the malt sweetness that used to be there. Oh yeah, I don't get any sugar sweetness left yeah. over from the malt or anything. Like no, that. no, yeah, no, very no, dry no. malt bill. Yeah, very dry. And you just let good old Cal Ale rip through this too. Yep, yeah. loves it. Uh, what temperature? Um, 67 degrees. Okay. Yep. We'll do, we do diacetyl raises for our ales, um, if you, for the, for the yeah, talk home to brewers me. at home. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. It, well, we do it two reasons. I mean, um, obviously we don't want any diacetyl in our beer, so we do a diacetyl raise, not just for our lagers, but for the ales as well. Um, but that also just gives that yeast like a little bit, you know, mm. kind of gives it a kick and uh finishes off and and gets it nice and dry when do you when do you do it is that what you're gonna ask too like i always i never knew as a home brewer if i wait till i think it's completely done and then i raise the temp so it depends on what beer we're doing um we typically about two-thirds way through the fermentation but if it's a um higher a higher gravity beer like double dad would be or uh triple ipa or um you know, one of the big high gravity beers, um, we do it a little bit sooner just because the yeast can get fatigued. Oh. And the worst thing you want to do is let the yeast get fatigued and then try to <clears throat> kick it in its ass and then sure. it's, yeah, it's not going to finish yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Jamil had said to me before, whether it was on these shows or not, um, that he felt that the ester production and things that you're worried about are mostly during the reproductive phase in the first, like, two days anyway. Yeah, primary so, fermentation. Yeah, so well, he felt anything after the reproductive phase. So even if if, if uh, um, the the fermentation was still pretty vigorous, yeah. if it was if they were no longer reproducing so much that, that you'd be okay raising the temp. Yeah, and that's where the 67, you know, we ferment um, all of our ales at 67 to begin with, okay. and then we raise the temperature. Um, where, yeah, if you, if you started this beer at, like, you know, 70, yeah, you're going to get a yeah, lot yeah. more of those esters. And, okay. Um, yeah. in, in San Francisco, it rarely gets above 67. How are you heating up these fermenters? The yeast. Oh, just that. The yeast, yeah. It, it rips. Um, and that's another reason why we will err on doing a raise f- earlier earlier yeah. oh. because it, because if we do it too too late then the yeast is not going to be it's not going to be vigorous enough oh, right. to raise the, itself turn off the glycol it gets, it gets colder so yeah. Right. Yeah, right. yeah exactly right yep you wouldn't be able to do it yeah okay how long does a beer like this take to ferment out for you guys um double dad still only takes about two two and a half weeks okay um depending on the fermentation but um um yeah we can still kick this one around in two and a half weeks even Good. though it's a lot higher gravity is this one in cans now too it or? is not currently in cans. Actually, okay. it used to be in cans. It did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Double Dad is one that I would love to get out there more. Um, I'd love to put it in cans, but right now, you know, as we're get, as we're growing and getting back into markets, it's just not a it's not a top priority. Yeah. So come, you know, you'll you'll find it on draft and that sort of thing, but 
otherwise, you got to come down to the brewery. Uh oh! Right, another reason to go. Do exactly. that. Okay, and then last but not least, uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Old Godfather here. Uh, tell us about this beer. It's a barley wine, right? It is a barley yeah. wine. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, we're not killing all the old beers from Speakeasy. No, uh, and from you should the original. Yeah. Um, old Godfather is a great beer. Um, you know, barley wine's not a. I wouldn't call it a hip category, but um, it'll come it, back. It, yeah, it, you know, and it's one that people really still like. You know, the people who like barley wines like barley wines. Yeah, it's true. And you know, with all the barrel age craze and everything too, uh, the barley wines are going to end up being whales again. Also, you got to have that year barley wine. And um, but yeah, you're right. People who like them like them, and kind of even just people who've been around craft beer for a while like them. Absolutely. Barley wines, I mean, you know, um, it's such a versatile style, too, because we throw this in barrels, you know. Okay. Um, we'll do a bit, we do barrel aged um, barley wine. We use it in some of our other blended ales, you know, Syndicate 4, uh, the Syndicate series in general. Um, we'll, we'll use some Godfather in that, too. So um, it's sort of a. It's not just barley wine to us. It's a, it's a great sort of um, all around, we can kind of do a lot with it. And it lends its its talents very well. How long do you guys hold on to this beer, right from brew date to packaging? This beer takes a little while. Um, <laughs> this beer, we haven't made one in a long time, but um, it takes. Uh, we try to schedule it so we get some really good ripping yeast because um, it'll take a little bit to go. Um, but this beer will take you know anywhere from four to five, six weeks. Okay, just to finish. Just it in the fermenter. Just, just in the fermenter. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old is the one that's in our glass, do you think? This one's probably a year old. A year old, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you allow it to hit the market pretty quick after packaging, or do you guys hold on to them too? Obviously, we'd like to hit it. I, I like fresh beer. I like. I wanted to hit the beer, the market, but um, as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about barley wines is, you know, they will mellow out and they'll get better, and they're right. not going to go. You know, they don't. The freshness is not the most priority with with those as mm-hmm. opposed to like the IPAs and that oh, sort of sure. thing. Yeah. Sure. Now this is what format? Is this keg only the, the barley wine? Currently this is keg and then um, we do have some bombers um, oh. at the brewery. So if you come into cool. the brewery oh, and the get brewery, some, get a bomber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has everything I like about a barley wine. Good. I think the age is just right on it um, because um, we talk about Bigfoot on here as right they like one of the examples. But yeah. when it comes out, it's just like a triple IPA, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know how this was maybe a year ago, but I like that the the hot bitterness has it's mellowed. It is not gone, but it has mellowed. Um, and then yeah, I like the raisin. Um, gosh, even a little bit of like. Uh, grapefruit uh but it has all of those kind of celery uh, uh barley wine uh, n- not the vegetable like being in a cellar uh yeah. barley wine flavors that i like yep yeah maybe even a little caramel um yeah raisin oh yeah Some, yeah know. it's got a long boil character i sent you board this beer a long time hmm. uh this beer is ooh, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. Um, 90, nothing yeah. nothing too crazy I think it's uh, not too crazy I yeah it depends on depends on um, how we got in is, our mash but uh, well, what's the malt bill? How do, what's, what, I understand that there's some dark malts or a lot of crystal, probably like a higher crystal. Yeah, so uh, a lot of Munich, Munich. Um, Vienna, um, some of the you know base malts, um, and then uh, C40, um, and I believe C60. Okay. Yep. So um, nothing, nothing really too dark, but just right. um, really malt forward, um, which yeah. then. Translates into, you know, after it ferments and that kind of stuff, will translate into uh, this kind of raisiny, um, 
good, good melanoid and yeah, melanoid yeah. good base for, for yeah. flavors. So to me, a, a really great barley wine like this one actually tastes both fresh and old at the same time. So it doesn't have any of the bad qualities of being old, like oxidation. Or so. I, by the way, I've had some barley wines that I kind of enjoyed, like some J.W. Lees and shit. Um, they were clearly like oxidized, but I still enjoyed the other flavors. A good barley wine has all those other flavors, like this, but still tastes fresh, I think. Yeah. I think you've done that. Good, good, good. Yeah, we really like it. Although I, w- I would like to say, you know, uh, I've had some, like, six-year-old barley wines that had a little oxidation in there. and Yeah. Um, it, it, I feel like it reaches a weird point where it then becomes kind of a cool flavor. Uh, I agree. You know, maybe, like, four years was too long, and then six years <laughs> yeah. is, like, it's somehow too long in a good way. It corrected itself. Yeah, somehow, <laughs> you know... Uh, yeah, I think t- to this day, the best barley wine experience I ever had was my first experience with barley wine. And, and we had already started the show here, but I had just never... Um, you know what? It was during the first SF Beer Week, as a matter of fact, because uh, we had started just before that, and I went to the Tornado Barley Wine <laughs> Fest, and somebody... Probably Sully or somebody from the 21st Amendment bought a bunch of those old barley wines. Um, I don't even remember all the brands now, but I think like J.W. Lee was one of them. And a couple of And anyway, some of them were just like that. Yeah. Where you were like, okay, this is, oh, something happened here, but it also came back. It's really good. The one for me was um, Anchors, Old Foghorn. Okay. Um, yeah. That one, you know, fresh, it's kind of, it's good. It's great. It's a, it's a classic beer, but yeah. um, give it like six years, it gets like a weird soy in a good way which right. is which is absurd thing for a brewer to <laughs> yeah. say i know loud, yeah, yeah. Uh, which i just did but <laughs> yeah. don't um, worry i'll it is. cut it out yeah. <laughs> yeah but but you know it just depends on the beer and it depends on um what you're into and it, it goes to show you know and especially the format you know d- depending on how the beer ages whether it's in a bottle or a can or a no. keg yeah it, it makes a difference in well, that and yeah. it's that oxygen that comes in yeah. sometimes it's really bad and that's typically the case okay but sometimes it you know give it give it a little, another couple of years and or maybe a couple of years too soon you right know, it's, it's yeah flavors come in they drop out yeah and it's always a combination of flavors it's like a food right yeah it could be the soy character but it could be this really interesting melanoin character that's hanging on that offsets it if not compliments yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. yeah it's a good point you make about all of the just how you age it and then the packaging because uh, like you said if Packaging's it's in a keg huge. if a retailer like me could just hide away some kegs um <laughs> that's the best way right uh, like a lot of times that's going to age the best yeah definitely as someone who is not the hugest fan of barley wine and doesn't do repetitive uh vertical tastings mm-hmm. are those flavors something that breweries that do this all the time can predict Hmm. To where, like, okay, we've got it figured out to where this one year it worked really well. So if we keep doing that, we'll also get those same flavors? Or do they, is it somewhat on the brewing process and just also somewhat luck? Right. I think a little bit of both. I mean, what I would say is what I try to do is um, not try to brew to make that happen, but just know what's going to happen. And so... Taking really good notes on what your library beers are, tasting them vertically, like you said, every six months, um, having a having a library and a hot library and a, and a QC oh. program that really and a cold keep, library and a so cold library absolutely when they tasted like three months ago right. compared to what has changed right exactly um, that way you, you you might not be able to predict what they're going to do but you can tell what they did yeah. and then try to go with that information mm. yeah. okay more information mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, I'm loving all these beers. Thanks for reviving some of them and keeping some of them going. Um, and then it sounds like we have some new styles and new things uh, to look forward to also. Definitely. And, and um, you know, I mentioned the Dark Lager, uh, which is still a work in process. Wait for that for the fall. But okay. this spring, we're coming out with a Saison. So, um, you know, Belgian styles are something that Speakeasy hasn't done in the past. Um, Excellent. And so, yeah, we're going to have a spring seasonal um, safe house Saison. Beautiful. And um, it's going to be a nice, uh, basic, earthy, spicy, f- you know, Belgian farmhouse sale. Did you guys get the invite? I, I wonder if we even sent it. Are you pouring at my Spring Brews Festival? The Bevo, they are pouring? We're yes. all good? We're set? I actually just confirmed that today with ah, the rep. Ah, very, very Excellent. cool. Oh, I'm excited about that. Great. Come on over. Join us. Oh, I will. And I don't think we've had you, at, at least not for, for, for a, quite a few years. So this is exciting to have you guys back Good at the place festival. To be, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one who hasn't had us for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this is cool. Good point, well, Clay. yeah. Clay, thanks so much for, for coming out to the show. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for bringing great beer. You can still come down to the Hop Grenade, uh, grenade and try it. Uh, it'll probably, some of it will be on for a couple of days. Some of it we got some small kegs of because it's so good. Um, so you're going to want to get down here soon. But, Coming out, we've got a good five beers. In fact, all the beers that you heard us talk about on tonight's program are on tap here at the Hop Grenade in Concord. Otherwise, you can go out to uh, the Speakeasy Tap House. Yep, absolutely. Hunter's Point, uh, 1195 Evans in uh, San Francisco. There we go. And uh, you can also go to goodbeer.com. Is that, it's just goodbeer.com? Goodbeer.com. I still can't believe it. I'm yeah. looking at it, but I still can't uh, believe simple. that that's what it is. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank Thank you. Uh, if you want to brew great beer like Speakeasy is doing, go to beersmith.com and download your free uh, sample of the Beersmith brewing software. You get a free 21-day trial. You know what I'm talking about. You've heard me talk about it for a while. But just go check it out. It works on a Mac and a PC. If you haven't done it already, you should. Uh, plus, you don't even have to take my word for it because you get your. it's free. It's mm-hmm. free for 21 days. Uh, and if you don't brew in 21 days, you're a bad home brewer like me anyway. So uh, go over to beersmith.com and check it out. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we've got a couple other things to do. I'm probably going to have another speakeasy beer myself. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll make fun of Beardy or something. Hang Thanks. in there. It's the session. And we'll be right back. to the Brewcasters. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature 
temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, Easy, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Brewcasters are back. Whatever. 
Neshemany Creek Brewing has been on the Philly beer map since 2012, and uh, you know they've taken home four Philly Beer Scene Magazine awards. They're killing it over there. Two-time GABF Vienna Style Lager Medal winner, uh, also one for their Smoke Lager. Uh, they've got a large, expanded, and recently renovated tap room with 24 beers on tap. 18 of them are rotating, seasonal, or limited. So they really have a lot going on over there. A variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers to oak-fermented saisons and sour beers. They have it all with free brewery tours on Saturdays. Check them out at NeshemaneCreekBrewing.com. All right. And then, of course, we also want to thank Speakeasy uh, Ales and Lagers for being on the show and, and sharing with us some great beer. What do you yeah. guys think? Uh, I, I really hadn't had Speakeasy beers in a while, and uh, all of those well, impressed yeah, me. I've definitely never done a flight. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I do get the uh, similarities with the old, which is yeah, great. I yeah. think he plays gold, and he, he's done well. Yeah, and I, Kristen, we all appreciated what he's done new with the uh, with the double daddy. The double daddy. Yeah. I loved that beer. I thought that was a no, great, it's really uh, more typical West Coast double IPA. And then I'm still drinking the uh, the old Godfather, the the oh, the, barley. the barley wine, which right. you know I mentioned when I said it. This this has the best qualities of a barley wine. No, that I, I love that, yeah. I really like. that beer. Fresh and old, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's like a cloyingly sweet barley wine. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just, the malt tastes great. You look for the malt. You don't. Push yeah. It away. Yeah, um, to me, it was a lot more, I mean, more English style than oh, Bigfoot I, I, and, I, and yeah. the, the, the easier barley wines to find I out here. Because of the malt character. And it also isn't a heavily bitter beer. Right. Like you yeah, can get with, in, the, in the younger Bigfoot, even as, a, as old as a couple year Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, is more bitter than this beer was. Well, and even the Prohibition and the Big Daddy... Which, of course, you know, he had said they, they were certainly designed as, like, West Coast styles. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very, very true in, in 96, 97. Oh, right. Now they are they're kind of straddling the fence, I, I think, between a, what a West Coast and an East Coast might taste like. Uh, right. Because they definitely, uh, and he, you know, uh, Clay said they're, they're malt forward in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but not completely East Coast. They, they weren't sweet, so they still East Coast, West Coast. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy having uh, an IPA that has a little bit of uh, malt backbone, not sweetness. Right. But yeah. exactly in in this vein of IPA. Yeah, just something to Yeah, it, that though, raisin yeah. character. Yeah, like a, a, you know, a nice malt character, but not being sweet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up, actually. Um, if you're looking for something to do with your time and your, and your significant other's time. Yeah. If you're go not going to, to bed right away, go to adamandeve.com. Um, they're determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom and backing up that promise because uh, if you go to adamandeve.com, you get 50% off almost any item when you enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout. And that's not all because they're bringing back the uh, free Big O kit. Uh, Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator. So now you've got a. Sounds good. You got a new way to do things in the bedroom, um, and who doesn't like that? You'll also get your entire order sent to you for free. So take advantage of this limited time offer. Go to the brew, uh, go to AdamandEve dot com. Uh, <laughs> choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or almost anything else. Uh, when you choose that item at fifty uh, percent off, you're going to get free shipping plus the big O kit. Um, everything you need to have a good time. Uh, go to AdamandEve dot com and use coupon code B N A R M Y B N Army. Have you thought about having uh, John at the Beer Law Center uh, offer a licensing agreement to Adam and Eve for the hop grenade? Oh, like a hop grenade dildo? 
Or, or a little or... mini vibrator for the big O kit. I see. No, I haven't. That's a good idea. Hmm. Too busy fighting with everybody else for just, <laughs> yeah. for just it, taking it. Instead of being a no guy, he could be a yes guy. Yeah. I know. He'd probably be happy about that. All this defending it, you got to do more advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's catch in here. Exactly. This <laughs> <It was> an <laughs> RV. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would write on the RV, bought with dildos. Powered by Well, you'd have to exactly. actually include so an, image, by an image of the hop grenade dildo <laughs> on the side of the RV. Make that the um, the hood ornament. Oh, yes. Or the antenna, or the antenna uh, right. styrofoam bumper thing. Yeah, they don't really have hoods. So, um, well, it depends on which one I get. But, yeah, it could be the, the yeah, the antenna. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, let's get a PowerPoint presentation. We're all headed to Eggsville. We'll, yeah. we'll tour the factory. Right. And we'll give a presentation on this RV. This is a great idea. The dildo thing and the whole, like, anatomy <laughs> sponsored he, I don't see why not. Come on. I could do this. Huh? <laughs> you could have products and stuff. To, like, you know, I do want to drive all the way to Asheville. Throw butt, butt plugs to the crowd. <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to think that would be like redefining ourselves, but no, oh, yeah. that's pretty Over much what we've always yeah. been. Fulfilling the dream. Yeah, we're really just now doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they wouldn't, they'd have to pay a lot for that much publicity. Just yeah. Give them a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Well, maybe I'll talk to him. Um, all right. So we're off next week, but we're back oh, with a bang the week after because we've got Russian River back on the show. Mm. Um, we're also doing a Russian River night here at the Hop Grenade where we're going to get a ton of Russian River yeah. beer People on tap. People from a distance are being pain here. Yeah, you guys have fun. The owners and their beers all on tap? I know. Uh, well, I'm giving you two weeks' notice oh, here. Uh, uh, by the way, if you pay attention to our website, it's been on there for a while. Bebo keeps the schedule up yeah. to date. But I'm giving you two weeks' notice. You should you should come from far and wide. Schedule your Because yeah. uh, Vinny and Natalie, they do like to hang out. They're very nice people. And they're going to bring us a ton of Russian River beer. It's going to be a full tap takeover, I think. Nice. Um, wow. I might even let Sam come. Yeah. I definitely won't be driving home that night. Um, I might just sleep here at the desk. Um, it's going to be a good time. So that's happening in two weeks. It's on uh, March 26th. And then, like I mentioned, uh, too, at the beginning of the show, our beer festival, uh, the Brewing Network's ninth annual Spring Brews Fest is on Saturday, March 31st. So get your tickets at thebrewingnetwork.com. You'll see it right there. Yeah. And um, come hang out with us. You hang got- out with Tasty's Taste Room. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't tell you. I should have said this in it earlier. So, uh, first talked about it. I brewed uh, two beers this weekend. I brewed Friday and Sunday. Oh, cool. Uh, Friday Whoa. I brewed uh, Janice Brown Ale. Nice. And on Sunday I brewed my uh, Blind Pig Club. Okay. And if everything goes well, you know, how yeah. are. Oh. There are ways. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pour them both at uh, Tasty's Taste Room. Two of your most famous brews. Oh, not famous, yeah. but two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the Janice Brown. People love <laughs> that. shit, that's famous. That's you put, crazy. You put Blind Pig on the map, I heard. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I hope they come out well. I'll tell you, Tasty, I haven't had a, a taste of a Janice Brown in a no, couple years, and yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. beer. Well, Vinny through construction and all that stuff. Yeah, he, we haven't been able to make it this year at the pub. So, oh right, mm. oh that's right. Used to make it there every yeah, year. So yeah, if, if things work out well, I might have a a sample for him to have of my beer. Perfect. When he's here on the twenty sixth. All right. Nice. Well, come hang out with us. It's from noon to four. We got live music. We got a lot of food, and uh, we'll probably have just about sixty breweries. It's looking like. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. These are, these are all the creams of the cream of the lo- of the local and out of state, out of. Southern California, too. Yeah. And they bring their best beers, too. That's, like, double good. It's You know what? It's part of our rules, and it's part of why they come to this festival. They like it um, because they, uh, yeah, they, they each bring two beers, and they bring their best. They like to share it.
it's all the brewers hanging out with each other. Well, they too. see their peers like pouring beers too, and they want yeah. to have a longer line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys know I'm pouring, right? Like yeah, which is why you know I gave you the spot that needed the least long line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's, oh, a, okay. there's a fence right in front of you, <laughs> yeah, so like, like right river. by the exit. There's a river. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, uh, if you're a super fan, we do have VIP tickets available, um, and and those VIP tickets are actually just to the Hop Grenade. We do an hour and a half pre-party here at the Hop Grenade that has food. It's brought to you by Whole Foods Market, and they bring in charcuterie and cheese and salad, so you get some food in the beginning. Nice fanning, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, we make a stellar tap list where we save up beers all year long and uh, just curate a, a really great list uh, right here at the Hop Grenade. So, if you want tickets to that, go to thehopgrenade.com. And it helps you get into the fest. Right? Yeah, you get um, not necessarily early entry, but you get easy entry because you get your wristband and your glass all here at the Hop Grenade, and you don't have to wait in line. You just walk right into the fest, which is across the street. It's a good 20 steps, and then you're you're at your first brewery already. 25 if it's not in a straight line. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, you know what we do every, you know, my staff here is real smart. They started doing this, uh, I think, two years ago. This will be their... This will be their fourth spring brews being open. Poor bastards. It's so busy here. <laughs> um, we kind of have a session beer festival after the festival. Oh, Did yeah. you ever notice that? No, thing? Uh, well, yeah. They, they, yeah. you know, everyone no, has a no. good time at the festival for four no. hours, and then they come over here, and my staff decided, why don't we put on some great session beers? Some. The whole, every tap session. Every tap. You that's can't right. get a strong beer. That's right. Um, at, you know, it's by design where we're trying, right. we're, we're no, no. safety. You know, the client, you know the clientele coming in, right? It's like, safety, yeah. It's like water or like, yeah. you're out of here, like, you can't serve you, you're over-served. Right. Yeah. So we put on session beers, but also they curate this great list it's turned into no. its own little session festival no. after the spring bruce festival smart so it's a big day on march 31st and come hang out with us i wish you would it's all for a good cause and uh you know it helps the local youth music program and the summer music program right here in the park so other than that i don't know what's coming up man uh tasty and i are going actually so is beardy we're all going to the craft brewers conference yeah. coming up soon yeah. that, that's at the at the very um End of, uh, end of end of April, end of, early May. Yeah, early May, yeah. Um, we got that coming up. Uh, we've got some events happening at the Hop Grenade in Fort Collins. You can go there, uh, hopgrenade.com, and check it out. So yeah. keep an eye on the calendar. Yeah. I'm going to be up in Portland the last week of March, roaming around. So if you want to grab a beer or something, maybe I'll I'm be roaming, uh, yeah. uh, uh, roaming downtown Portland. I hear there's donuts there. Voodoo donuts. Voodoo donuts thing. If I need an Oreo on my donut. Yeah. Portland. Well, of course, we'll all be in Portland. Everybody uh, does. In, uh, in and then back out in June, yeah. Yeah. I'll be in Paris in May, mid-May, if you want to hit me oh, up there. Uh, yeah, Jamil's there right now. Yeah. In Paris? Yeah. I went oh. to Heretic the other day. He was just in Sweden. Okay. Yeah, well, I think he's doing both on the same trip. I went to Heretic the other day to drop off some kegs, and I was asking for Jamil, and, and they said he's in Paris. And it reminded me, our friend Yen uh, yeah. was doing a, a Heretic launch party with with Jamil at Outland Brewery in oh, Paris. Nice. Oh, well, he's um, also has the event of Edamondo Brewing in London. Okay. That's a joint uh, Outland Brewing. Oh, that's right. And Heritage. And Heritage. But but, uh, he's also making a special one in Paris. I think that might all be happening, yeah, on the same same deal. He was trying to get me to go out there for it, but no, I just can't do (laughs) I want to go for years, too, Tasty, but I just don't think I can do that either. Um, 
I might end up out there in June for, for Paris Beer Week, but even that. Uh, well, if we do a collab, you'll be able to taste the beer. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, and you won't, or at least not fresh anyway. They'll have to That's ship it way, to you, right? But, you know, collaborations are. I mean, yeah. Even if it was local, it may not be, you know, whatever. Now, let me tell you, you're going to like the bartenders at Outland. Oh, yeah? Yeah, say hello to Mano for me. Say it again, Mano. 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 M- yeah, just Mano. I'll know her when I see her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My yes. This just got so weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's right. a, oh, sorry. Turn your- she's a lovely woman. Uh, huh. They're all just actually super cool. I spent so many nights there just uh, you, yeah. just shutting the bar down with them. Sure. And they're so cool uh, because so they do a lot of great cheese and charcuterie. I mean, it's it's France, right? And so yeah. as they're so as other French. people are buying the cheese and charcuterie plates, I'm just sitting at the bar. And every time they're cutting somebody else's plate, they're just throwing smaller plates of it in front uh, of me. They're like, oh, here's a little extra for you, a little more cheese, a little. Oh, they're so nice. You're going to love them. Tasty. Great. They're Before very that one. Very cool people. But tell her I said hello. (laughs) Is that at the brewery or their separate bar? Well, it's at the separate bar. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing nothing good at the brewery. Brewery's a place to make beer. Yeah, you know. Uh, No, they have the the brewery and then they have Outland Bar, uh, which instead of doing a tasting room, it's actually a full bar. And uh, it's it's cool. It's a good spot. uh, The number one selling beer is Tasty. Tasty. That's right. They're... um, is it a session paleo? Session paleo. Yeah. Session paleo. Yeah. yeah. And and by the way, it is my favorite beer they make by sure, far. Really? Uh, they they make a, a few good beers, but that one is just something else, Tasty. You you helped them nail it. That um, beer became a permanent uh, handle. Yeah. At, oh, it's their ten bottles. Too, yeah. It's their permanent. It's their flagship beer. Oh wow! Out, Outland's flagship beer is Tasty. <laughs> And, and the part of that have, is, you know, have my little character on the label. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, Yan, you know, knew Tasty long before he was a brewer. He sure. was a, he was a teacher. Sure you. He was a friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, and he'd yeah. come out here yeah. and he'd hang out with you. And then he got into brewing and he would spend a lot of time talking to Tasty about beer. Email, yeah. Um, and he spent years planning his brewery. Oh, this okay. guy, I mean, really year. In fact, I never. They're so French. Like they're just French are lazy. Uh, they just take. T- <laughs> you think I'm lazy? This guy. Uh, they just take a lot of time. Time. Everything's right. very thought out. Mm. Um, well, yeah, that whole time, he just kept talking to Tasty and talking to Tasty. Finally opens the thing up and um, said, can I, brew, can I brew a Tasty beer? And you helped him out. Yeah. I, I looking back, at the time, I thought, like, sure, here's a, I was, in the time I was making session beers, yeah. here's a recipe that I really like and been well-received and all that kind of thing. And, I, and he gave it to him. And uh, it was like a session beer, but it was like uh, maybe like... Four point nine percent. He made it even lighter. Oh, okay, but I didn't yeah. realize that that, I, that it was like his first beer. It's like he was like yeah, and because he said like I need something that'll appeal to the people in Paris that have never had a hoppy beer. He wanted it to beer. be American style, but West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, the session beer would be perfect. So anyway, yeah, it just stuck. I think it yeah. is, if not the, yeah. it is one of the best beers produced in France. Yeah. And I've had, there's not a ton of craft breweries in France. Yeah. Um, so I think I've tried almost all of them. And it's still, uh, you know, it's, my, like, it's number one or two. Yeah, and I can't think of well. what it would be if it's not that one. No, but. I was in, uh, uh, when I was in Ireland, I, he was doing a collab beer at, at, a, at a brewery uh, in, in uh, Northern Ireland. And yeah. I went up there and got to go up there and meet him. And he had a bottle of this beer. And I've ne- I have never really had it, like, that oh. fresh, right? Yeah. And so we shared it together. Oh, my God. It was so, like, I was like, oh, my God, this is really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, I couldn't find any flaws with the beer. It was, this, yeah, this is great. Yeah. So have either of you seen his business plan 
Was this a part of his plan the whole time? So no, he opens it year one. Gets Tasty to make him his flagship. <laughs> oh, no, that's just random shit. <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you what was his plan. His whole plan actually was he, he's big on community and how things start and and so in all seriousness his plan was through meeting me he he got into beer and then slowly got in the beer scene then met all these other people then traveled the u.s and so every part of that he wanted to bring back and incorporate into the brewery so the brewery's theme if it had one is influence Mm. it's it's people collaborating and getting together (laughs) Most times, whether they know it or not, because half the time people didn't know that Yan was was like gleaning this great life experience out of this and wanted to turn it. So they have. Yan's uh, getting the yin and the yang. I get it. He's like, yeah, it's a spiritual thing. So they have a beer called America. I think they have a beer called Home. Um, They have this tasty beer, and a lot of their beers are reflective of. They're all they're all homage to where he feels he's come from. His American journey. Yeah. Yeah, and now some of it his 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 French journey too. It started with just because we were the ones who influenced him, and now it's evolving into into that. But he's all about paying homage. He's a terrible business person. He he, <laughs> I, he lets um, uh, some clothing company. It's a friend, you know, wanted to use his brand Outland, and he's like, yeah, you know, go ahead, just I get all the free clothes or something. And I was like, Yan, you gotta like license that deal, <laughs> right. man. You no, know, I don't know. What with French, it's what we do. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. But the Tasty, you're going to enjoy it. Well, thanks. I'm looking um, forward to it. The Outland it's Bar. A- so the people who partnered with him on the Outland Bar, there's two bars. Uh, they have another one. Uh, I always say it wrong, but it's uh, La Trois-Huit, which is 3-8. Uh, but La Trois Eight or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one's more like punk bar, kind of divey, a little Toronado ish, kind of cool. Uh, very cool, actually. Has stickers everywhere, right? Well, the new one, uh, also very cool, uh, but a little cleaner. Doesn't have stickers everywhere. Doesn't have my sticker. Huh. Has a fucking tasty mine, though, sticker right? up in Whoa. the up in the corner. Yeah, you get, right. you look up at the button, you're like, oh, the one contract. the one sticker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's there that funded uh, the bar. Send yeah. me a picture. Of yeah. All right. Well, uh, what are the dates for that? In case any of our I'll Parisian be there the European... 14th to the 20th. Of, of May. May, 14th to the 20th of May. If you want to go see Tasty in Paris, go to Outland Bar. Uh, I'm sure he'll post on social media, and we'll yeah, do it. We'll all. do the same. I think Ian's going to come on the show soon and talk about all the different things that are happening. So I feel like he was cool. just on it. We'll get into that, too. Yeah, cover everything we just did, uh, basically. All right. Well, I think I'm done. We don't have any Twitter game to wrap up or, or yeah. anything else. Um, so let's get out of here. Uh, congratulations to JP and yeah. family yeah. on Little Alice. Way to kill it, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, we we oh. wish you well, and we hope... Hope to see you soon. Um, that's all I got. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Out. Just in the sky and winning the race.
great, he does great as his chariot.